is Restart Hope with Pastor Joel Sicker on FM 94.1 The Voice. Finally, my brothers, rejoice in the Lord. And then he says to write the same things to you is no trouble to me and it's safe for you. So if you're sitting here and you're like, man, how many times do we have to hear the gospel and how many times do I have to hear the grace of God? Listen, man, it's safe for you. It's no trouble to me. I will come here and preach the gospel every single week. It's no trouble to me. And the Bible says it's safe for you. You know why it's safe? Because if you don't hear it often enough, you'll fall, you'll fall for a broken system. Reminding you to rejoice in Jesus doesn't bother me and it shouldn't bother you. It's not troublesome for me and it shouldn't be troublesome for you. In fact, every time you hear the gospel, you've got to rejoice. Every time you hear the gospel, clean your ears and listen to it. Every time you watch a movie and it has these highlights of what Jesus did for you, pay attention to it. If you listen to a song and it has the gospel, pay attention to it. Because oftentimes, we, we want to run after these other things that's, you know, tickling to our ears and we forget the true gospel of grace and we fall into a broken system. It's good for us to, re- to be reminded of the gospel, to share the gospel, to sing the gospel, to write about the gospel, and to make sure that you tr- you're grounded in the true gospel. I was thinking of a hymn while I was writing this. Uh, what a beautiful hymn. Jesus paid it all. And all to him I owe. And what did sin do? Sin had left a, a crimson stain, and he washed me white as snow. Jesus paid it all. All to him I owe. Sin had left a crimson stain, but he washed it white as snow. This week as you go back home, or even sitting right here, there might be a tug of war in your spirit of things that's stealing your joy. You might want to give up. This week as I was preparing, I did not know how many of you guys would show up over here because I know that there are many that wanted to be here but didn't have the strength to be here, the emotional energy to get up and to get ready and come. There are many people who are giving up who are giving up, not just giving up on their faith, but are giving up on life itself. That are, they're giving up, they've lost all hope. There are so many things to be joyful about around them, but nothing brings joy anymore. It seems like the world is really falling apart, which it is. But listen to me, believers, nothing can steal your joy. Oh, surround yourself, remind yourself of the gospel of grace. Remind yourself of the gospel of grace. Man, sin had left a crimson stain and it's continued to do that in the world, but he's washed me white as snow. And while I'm here on this earth, I'm going to continue to live for him. I'm going to continue to serve him. Finances might not come through, but I will continue to serve him. Opportunities might not open, but I'm going to be available to serve him. My family might not understand this, but I'm going to be, keep myself ready to continue to serve him. I'm not going to be bullied and brought down into a broken system. I'm going to embrace the grace of God. It's good to be reminded of the gospel of grace. Number two, Paul says, not only remind yourself of the gospel, but he also says you've got to actively reject the gospel that's not from grace. Okay, we're going to get into war territory now, okay? Because so far as American Christians, we like the live and let live, right? We're like, hey, you know what, man? It's just, you know, we just use different words to say the same thing and whatnot. And now, listen to me, church, it's time for us to get active. We've got to sit up and pay attention because we not only need to remind ourselves of the gospel of grace, we've got to actively keep rejecting broken systems. It's coming knocking on your door. God tells uh, Cain when he's sitting there after murdering his brother, or before he murders his brother, he says, sin is crouching at the door and its desire is to take dominion over, over you. But you have to take dominion over it. Gone are the days when we sit and read books that don't point towards the gospel. Gone the days when we try to, you know, understand what this person's view is and that person's view is. We got to actively reject broken systems because broken systems are dangerous. 
They're not out there just to tickle your ears anymore. They're there to kill you. They're there to tear you down. They're there to split your family apart. The preachers of old, they hated anyone and every message that watered down or distorted or changed the gospel. Man, they, they called them out, man. They hated it. And for, for good reasons. Jesus died to take away the sins of the world and anyone or anything that takes the place of our Savior is cursed. Galatians chapter 1 verse 8 says, but even if we or an angel from heaven should preach to you a gospel contrary to the one we preach to you, let him be accursed. So even if an angel shows up and says there's gold books hiding in the dirt, go find a new gospel, cursed, don't fall for it. If someone comes to you and says, hey, you got to do this to be saved, don't fall for it. Some guy will come with an Eastern mindset and say, light a candle, don't fall for it. Pray to this person, don't fall for it. Send this money, don't fall for it. Sing this song, don't fall for it. Dance this way during worship, don't fall for it. Broken systems, let him be accursed. Man, I'm telling you, man, it's wartime. Believers, we not only got to remember the gospel of grace, but we got to actively keep rejecting this. We got to keep praying against it. When someone tries to come and evangelize and preaches a false gospel, reject it. There are times when you got to say, hey man, you misunderstood. Let me, let me show you the true gospel. And there are times when you got to say, turn around, leave. You're not welcome in my house anymore. You're not welcome to take away my time anymore. The Corinthian church, do you see what Paul says? Paul says, he says, hey man, no wonder for Satan himself masquerades as an angel of light. Listen, you need to understand America. So far we've had it easy. So far, people applauded when we opened the church doors and now they're going to come against you and Satan will come as an angel of light with a higher moral standing and will bully you for believing the gospel of grace. What are you going to do? Are you going to just conform? Or are you going to reject it? We've got to actively keep rejecting this, this broken system that comes knocking on our doors. 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 4, Paul says, You happily put up with whatever anyone tells you, even if they preach a different Jesus than the one we preach. We have personally got to get irritated and angry when people demean and defame the Jesus that you worship. I dare you to go do that to a Muslim country. They will chop you into pieces. Now, I understand we've got to be gracious. We've got to be loving. But we cannot let people infiltrate our mind and our gospel. I know this sounds like, you know, fear-mongering. So let it be. I watch this happen in India. And I'm coming to you from that side of the world where Christians are persecuted. And if you truly want to follow the true gospel of grace, you have to actively fight against this broken system that's going to come knocking on your door. You cannot easily just happily put up with what anyone tells you when they preach a different Jesus than what you see in the gospel or a different spirit than the one you receive, Paul says, or a different kind of gospel than the one you believe. You just happily put up with it. You cannot. Look at the words Paul uses if you think that I'm going over the top. Listening. Are you listening? Sit up. Listen to this. Look out for the dogs. This is verse 2 in Philippians chapter 3. Look out for the dogs. Not like D-A-W-G. What's up, dog? We'll get to it. Look out for the dogs. Look out for the evildoers. Look out for those who mutilate the flesh. Man, I'm not crazy. Neither is Paul. Satan is really against this gospel of grace. Because Satan would love for you to work your salvation out in your flesh. And to make you feel like you got it all figured out. And Paul says... Those guys who preach a false gospel, they're dogs, they're evildoers, and they mutilate the flesh. Let's unpack that real quick. Why is he calling, uh, who is he calling dogs in the first place? Who, is this, who are these people that he's calling dogs? And moreover, is Paul kind of stooping too low in name calling? Like, really? You're a pastor. You shouldn't be name calling. He said a lot more worse things than dogs, okay? This FYI. We'll see that next week. Come back for that. Um, it's going to be fantastic. Uh, pray that I will have 
you know, some, some level of maturity to not, uh, to actually preach that well, but at the same time, not like suit and tie it up because it's supposed to be, by the way, there's good words for good things and there's bad words for bad things. Some things are not unfortunate. Some things are effed up. Wow, said that in church, right? Yeah. Okay, my dad leaving me when I was 12 years old was not unfortunate, okay? If you walked my shoes, it wasn't just unfortunate. Oh, you poor thing. No, that was terrible. So, so enough with that nonsense of like, oh, come on, man. Like, you know, just spray some Axe Dio spray on it and let's make it smell good. There's good words for good things and there's terrible words for terrible things. And Paul calls these guys dogs. Dogs. Who's he calling dogs? For, for why? Uh, or who's he calling dogs? Judaizers. These guys, they were Jews who had converted to Christianity. And it's sad because these guys followed these new believers around. They followed these new believers around and told them that, hey, listen, man. You're a believer, you follow Jesus, that's good, but you first got to follow the Old Testament rules and laws. You got to follow all of Moses' teaching, man. Uh, you got to go through that. You got to celebrate all the festivals. You got to get snip, snap, circumcised. That's right, two weeks in a row. Come back next week, we're going to talk about that again. And, um, <laughs> and he's like, you got to follow all of these things, and, and then you get baptized into Jesus, and then you become a believer. And Paul calls these guys dogs. These Judaizers who roamed around, that was viciously attacking new believers. And he's not calling them dogs like a cute little puppy and a poodle. No, the word that's used over here is a vicious dog that, uh, that roams around in packs that's looking to kill people. If you were here and I studying the book of Revelation, I was telling you about how in India there are still these stray dogs that, that actually hunt and kill little children. Because uh, the, these villagers don't have bathrooms and they go out in the field and these dogs will hunt and, 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 and attack these kids and kill them and eat them. Vicious, rabid dogs. And that's the word that Paul's using to call them that. Why is he going? Why is he being so harsh? Because that's how terrible it is, the, the broken system that pulls you away from grace and tells you to follow certain man-made rules and laws and regulations or a broken system. Look at this. It's illustrated really well in Acts chapter 15. And man, I'm telling you, if you think I'm being too harsh, you should have been here in Acts chapter 15 because there was heated debates going on. Because these disciples, they knew what it was like to receive the gospel of grace. And they were not willing to leave any stone unturned in fighting to, to defend the gospel of grace. Acts chapter 15 verse 1, it says, But some men came down from Judea and were teaching the brothers, unless you are circumcised according to the customs of Moses, you cannot be saved. That's the problem, isn't it? We make too much about men. Or oh, the customs of Moses, man. Moses, he was our dude. They even, they even went to Jesus. They were like, we're followers of Moses. Who are you? I'm like, I'm God. Shut up. Right? <laughs> John chapter 8 paraphrased okay? <laughs> and, and this turns into a very long serious meeting and verse 7 says and after, that, after uh, there'd been much debate wouldn't it have been great to be able to get a podcast of that debate that'd be amazing right? going back and forth and Paul is there and Peter's there and these guys I mean these guys are arguing with Paul about why they should follow the customs of Moses and Paul's like dude I was there been that done that and much debate Peter stood up thank God for leaders like that Peter stood up and said to them brothers again lovingly you know that in the early days God made a choice among you that by my mouth the Gentiles should hear the word of the gospel and believe. And God who knows the hearts, ah, thank you Jesus, God who knows the hearts, mm, man looks at the outside, God looks at the heart. So Jew, Gentile, black, white, male, female, divorced, 16 years and pregnant, God knows the heart. And God who knows the heart, look at what he does. God who knows the heart, he saves those people through the preaching of people like Peter and Philip. And God who knows the heart bore witness to them 
by giving them the Holy Spirit just as he did to us. If you read Acts chapter 8, you could see an Ethiopian eunuch was saved and baptized right then and there. Uh, Philip, this guy is en fuego, crazy revival in Samaria. In Acts chapter 10, Peter goes to a guy named Cornelius who is a Gentile, and the whole family is saved and they receive the Holy Spirit. Look at verse 9 in Acts chapter 15. And, he's, and, he made, and God made no distinction between us and them. God made no distinction between us and them. God made no distinction. You, you, might, you might be sitting over here and wondering if God loves you. If Jesus actually pays attention to you. And you might feel like your past outweighs all of grace. Don't fall for that broken system. God makes no distinction between us and them. Having cleansed their hearts by faith. How? By faith. They believed in faith and God cleansed their hearts. Now therefore, why are you putting God to the test by placing a yoke on the necks of the disciples that neither our father nor we have been able to bear? The yokes over here um, speaks of religious rules and regulations that their fathers couldn't carry, that they couldn't carry. And he's like, why are you putting a yoke that they cannot carry on their necks? Isn't it interesting? Jesus, on the contrary, says, take my yoke upon you for it's light and I'm humble and gentle at heart and so learn from me. But look at this, verse 11, Acts chapter 15. But we believe, so this is Peter talking, to the Judaizers, but we believe, including Paul, Pharisee of Pharisees, studied under Gamaliel, one of the best teachers the world has ever seen, but we believe that we will be saved through the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ just as they will. Hey, you need to get this, okay? This is beautiful because broken systems cannot do this. Only the true gospel of grace can do this. Hey, we believe, us circumcised, us who tithe even our mint, us who follow all the rituals, us who go through all the festivals, us who keep the Sabbath, we believe that we will be saved like they will be that, that like they are being saved in other words we'll be saved like that 16 year old girl who's pregnant is being saved we'll be saved like that pedophile in prison is being saved because they're saved by grace through faith not by works we who tithe regularly will be saved not because of our tithing but because of grace of God just like how that murderer is being saved will be saved we're not saved by works we're saved by grace through faith and just like how these Gentiles are putting the grace that their faith in Jesus and are receiving the grace just like how they are being saved we will be saved this is very interesting to me because oftentimes we feel like I am not Christian enough to be able to be saved. How many times have you heard this? Maybe you're sitting here and you're a believer and you still subscribe to this kind of a thinking. Let me clean up my act first and then I will come to Jesus because I'm too dirty to come to Jesus right now. Let me spend a few years coming to church, getting used to churchianity, getting used to the Christian lingo, getting, learning a few songs. I don't really know any worship songs. Man, I don't even own a Bible. You're the perfect candidate for salvation, by the way. That's all the time we have for today, but we would like to hear from you. Our address is P.O. Box 2014, Eagle, Idaho, 83616. You can also listen to this message and more on the Living Church Boise app, available in your app store.